Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to episode number 91 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Mr. Jim Wexel, the Still City Insider himself. Jim, Happy New Year. How are you today? Happy New Year, Jeremy. I'm good. You know, it's weird because you, you had your three-day weekend. New Year's was on a Monday, so you get the, the full three-day weekend, and all of a sudden it's Wednesday because the Steelers are playing on Saturday. So to me, a work day for the Steelers, that's how they identify it for the players. The day's a Wednesday. Yeah. So man, I've really, I put four days together. It seemed like three days, two days. So that's how I am today. Yeah. So your, your sense of time is a little off with the, the new year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you know, let's clear that up. And, and we actually need to clear the air surrounding the quarterback room uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but before we get into that, the Steelers have a big win over Seattle. They go into a difficult place to play. Mason Rudolph puts together another sharp game. The running game is firing on all cylinders, and now your Pittsburgh Steelers are in the thick of a playoff race. But before we talk about that game, Jim, quarterback controversy, what's going on here? Kenny Pickett reports that he refused to be the backup quarterback this past weekend. Well, I mean, he cleared the air today. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he said that, that uh, and and that was that was my key thing. You know, when he answered that question, what did you learn on the sideline last week? He said, no, no, I didn't learn anything. I, I know he's not a smart ass. I know he's not a passive aggressive schmuck. I know he's, from what I can tell of his character, he's a good kid. And this all didn't resonate with me. And I was in that scrum. That didn't come off as a, a a testy person. It came off as someone that didn't appreciate the question. Like, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But uh, anyway, um, so now it's come out that since he wasn't the number three quarterback, it's assumed that he said no to being the backup. And Tomlin said, well, then you're not dressing at all. And I thought, and as Mike Tomlin said, it had to do with his preparedness. And, you know, Tomlin, he's always criticized for giving all these veterans days off but he doesn't give young guys a day off because there's too much for them to learn and practice and get ready and if a second year quarterback wasn't fully prepared then I can't use you that was my assumption mm -hmm. that's how I took it because I believe in I believe in Pickett's character and I believe in Tomlin's coaching ability I also believe that maybe Tomlin was uh wanted to teach him a lesson about preparedness going into the next week and then next year, I'm going to expect more out of you. I need more. I'm not going to tell the public. So I, I thought it might have been something to do with that. But Kenny came out today and said he just he wasn't physically ready. Yeah, yeah. And the I, training staff said no, and there's no reason for him to be the number three if if, if he wasn't ready to be the number one right. physically. Right. But I, I thought I think Tomlin said it had more to do with preparedness. So. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to get to the exact truth of all this, but I, I'm vouching for Kenny's character until I learn otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, people give me grief for disparaging other players and their attitudes. <laughs> but if I'm not doing that, then you, you can believe me when I'm saying that this is a good kid. Cause I, I feel like I can judge character pretty well. Now, Things go haywire. Things go wrong. Maybe he's fooling me, but I think he's a good kid. And I, I, I like his character. I would not be surprised if um, 
Tomlin just wants to lean on him a little bit to you're going to have to step up your homework assignments next year. Yeah. Yeah. And while there might not be any controversy there, Mason Rudolph's play continues to really shine and it's creating some questions around what's going to happen in 2024. And I know we have the rest of this season to go, but Rudolph is showing that he can play quarterback in the NFL and he looks completely different from how he did when he started. Uh, what does this mean for the future of the quarterback position in Pittsburgh? You know, he hasn't always looked bad. There was that Cleveland game he started at the end of the year and it really looked good. I forget which year it was. And going into the next year, and I think the next year was the Lions overtime. Or it could be the same season, but he has shown these kind of glimpses. Uh, so he's a free agent, though. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny how people say, well, you know, just sign him. Sign him now. Well, they don't deal. They don't negotiate in season. It's an old rule. It goes back to Tom Donahoe and when free agency first started. They got some deals done, and the other people who didn't get their deals done were pissed off, and the team tanked. It's like 93 or 94. So um, from, from then on, the Steeler way is to never negotiate in season, and so it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, um, people think, well, you can negotiate with them before March 15th or whenever free agency opens. Why would Mason Rudolph do that? Now, he may take a cheaper deal because he doesn't want to move. People know moving is traumatic. Yeah. And learning a new system. And he the line seems to really be playing for him right now. Maybe they love him, and that will make a quarterback love playing here. Yeah. Um, so maybe he would take a cheaper deal, but he'd still be incredibly foolish not to test, not to test the market. Right. And so as the Steelers assess this, they have to assume that they're going to lose them. They can make every effort they can to keep them. And I don't think they're going to overpay because they have Pickett. And Pickett has shown some good things. I know people are giving up on him and quitting on him now. He's shown some good things. This is a bad year for him. Mm -hmm. uh, all the way around for Kenny Pickett. And that has happened. Uh, sophomore slumps are famous, especially in baseball. But I get it. I know why. I, it, he just didn't make that progress. But he still showed some good things in the fourth quarter. I, I, I'm not ready to give up on him. Yeah, And I think um, the rest of his life will improve too uh, next year. He just, it hasn't been a good year for him. Yeah. So uh, injuries too. Mm -hmm. And so um, they have to go in thinking Kenny Pickett's their number one. Mitch Trubisky's their number two. Now go into free agency, say you don't get Rudolph. You get another veteran. Then you cut Trubisky. Yeah. And then you find another quarterback in his quarterback, rich draft, whatever round. Uh, you know, I'm I'm for drafting uh, Penix in the first round. <laughs> He's got a gun. So, uh, yeah, and he doesn't seem to miss very often. Mm -mm. And he seems to be unflappable. There's a lot to like about him. I mean, lefties have always been risky in the NFL. Some old-time scouts really don't like lefties at all. But, uh, man, he, he looks accurate. He doesn't look like a wild lefty. Yeah. Um, very impressive. Uh, so, that's a guy that maybe I would say first round, but there are so many quarterbacks in this draft that people are saying second, third round, and you can add that he's your number three. So that's how I see it. And if they get lucky and get Mason back, then then you can cut Trubisky then. Yeah. Well, the one good thing is, Jim, we're going to have a lot to talk about in terms of the quarterback position this offseason. But before we get there, we did have a great performance by this team 
in Seattle, which is a very hostile place to play. Uh, really across the board on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, the run game was just, I don't want to call it impeccable, um, but there were some angry runs there. Let's start there with, with the run, rushing attack. What contributed to such an outstanding performance? So when I tell you that Najee Harris had a great game, and was so impressive and was bullish and brutish, you're going to believe me more. You're going to say, wow, Wex don't like that dude. <laughs> He's been bantering for Jalen Warren all year. For him to come out and say that, it must have really happened. So yeah. there's your, your truth in media. I mean, it was, it was impressive. It was really impressive. Najee Harris was really impressive. The line was really impressive. Jalen Warren was really impressive. Uh, Mason Rudolph uh, connect, connected on three sneaks that were pretty big. So you have to love everything about that. I mean, when that pile's moving like a rugby scrum right all the way into the end zone, that's what other teams were doing to the Steelers in the past couple of years. Yeah. So it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that. Yeah. And the one thing that, that stood out to me, I, I drew a parallel here, and I was thinking about this the other night uh, and, and prepping for this podcast. But in thinking about Mason Rudolph and the time that he had on the bench to, to really just learn, learning under Roethlisberger, uh, being motivated. But I'm thinking back to his days uh, at Oklahoma State and his connection with James Washington and that penchant for the deep ball. And it's almost like George Pickens is Mason's new James Washington, but a much better version because it seems like whatever ball he throws up there, there's a connection that that one pass um, there toward the end of the game was just a thing of beauty. Do you see any uh, similarities there to not the player because Pickens is so much better than Washington, but just that relationship? Well, you know, um, Washington's coach at Oklahoma State said he's going to be in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. That's how good Mason Rudolph made him look. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 all know. Hey, as much as I like James Washington the person, and I, I he had some he had some great skills. I I don't know how exactly he fell off, but he's bounced around a little bit. I, is he still in the league? I think he got hurt this year. Okay, so he's still in the league. Good for him. Yeah, but not exactly a Hall of Famer. Right now, Pickens, Pickens, yes, Pickens, Pickens. not Pickett. Pickens. Many picks. <laughs> a uh. uh he, he's got Hall of Fame talent. And now that he's blocking and playing team ball and he's giving shout outs to the O-line in the run game because that's what left him one-on-one so often, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. And now they the team has a, a, a path to the postseason. Now they're not in control of their own destiny. They have to beat a Baltimore team who really has nothing to play for having locked up that first seed uh, in the AFC. But kind of looking ahead, Jim, um, do you think that this team has a realistic shot to make it into the postseason? And if they do, what are their chances to compete? Well, uh, one step at a time, young Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> How many will you win once you get in the playoffs? <laughs> you know, this is what you got you in trouble before Arizona came to town. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's true. So, so uh um, this week I was, uh, reading, a. I I used to live in Buffalo. I grew up at teen years there and I, I still have some good friends and I've always felt bad. I was always a Chicago bears fan. Those poor Buffalo fans, you know, four, four straight Super Bowl losses. And now they can't seem to get it going with this great quarterback they have. And so he was lamenting the fact that Jacksonville's going to win. 
How are we going to beat Miami? And the Steelers, of course, are going to beat a JV team that's not even going to try. And I replied, I said, you don't think the Ravens want to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. You don't understand this rivalry at all. Yeah. And the Steelers have lost to Arizona and New England. They've lost to JV before. (laughs) And the Ravens are going to be, and plus they're going to be playing loose. So this is going to be more. I'm really surprised the Steelers are given three and a half. But I have an old motto. If you're surprised, go with the surprise. So I'm not throwing any money on the Steelers minus three and a half, but that would be my tendency to look at a line like that. But um, I think the Ravens are, that's going to be a difficult win for the Steelers, even though they're playing well. But, and I don't see the Ravens benching all their starters. Mm -mm. Uh, Harbaugh did come out and say uh, he doesn't know. So the fact that he's not saying, oh, no, we're starting Lamar, we're going to, he's at least saying he doesn't know he's going to assess the first practice and see he's going to see who's injured. Then he can start fitting pieces in. Yeah. So uh, the Steelers would also need Jacksonville or Buffalo to lose. According to my buddy, the Buffalo is going to lose. I said, isn't Tua injured? Tua's injured, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, Buffalo should be able to win that game. So I I think it more is going to matter for Tennessee. Tennessee beating Jacksonville. That that's kind of likely. That's a division game. And uh, you know, if going into the playoffs, you know, I I don't want to hear everybody just start to say, eight years or seven years without a playoffs. Mike Tomlin, you gotta fire him. Yeah, I, I see there are many reasons they lost playoff games and they had an old quarterback with a broken down offensive line at the end of his career. Then they got a rookie quarterback with a patched up offensive line that is just now playing well. So they're finally getting to play well. Mm-hmm. And I see the arrow pointing back up, whether that playoff win comes this year or not. I, I think the state of the team has improved. Tomlin has saved the locker room uh, by all the things he's done. And I, I have no qualm. I mean, they already fired their offensive coordinator, so that's going to change. So I, I see the arrow pointing out whether I think they're going to win a playoff game this year or not. I mean, you've watched as much as I have. It wouldn't seem likely that they'd win a playoff game. But, right. you know, that 89 Steelers team, we we keep bringing up 89, comparing some of these ma- magnificent losses, mm-hmm. comparing it to 89. And that 89 team uh, went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Or anyway, two rounds and almost beat Denver, which went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think with this team, first of all, I think that Ravens game is going to be difficult. It's a it's a evening contest on a Saturday in Baltimore. Those fans hate Pittsburgh, just like we. I'm going to speak we from the fan perspective here. There's a deep hatred for yeah. the Ravens, so that oh, yeah. that's going to be a, a, a challenging environment to play. But I will say this: this team just looks completely different. Uh, with Mason Rudolph at the helm, and it, it's undeniable the performance that we're seeing in terms of an offensive output. The defense is still beat up, but even when the the running game was firing on all cylinders earlier in the season, it wasn't like this, and the passing game never looked like this. So I think well, if they, they just played two soft defenses too. Correct, true. I'll agree with you there, but I I, I don't know. There's I'm in, I'm intrigued. I'm not saying they're gonna gonna get in, but if if they do make it in. The AFC, I don't think there's any team that 
doesn't look beatable. I mean, Kansas City, obviously, Patrick Mahomes against a, a beat-up Steelers defense, the speed of, of the Dolphins. But I, I think if they get in, they have just as good of an opportunity as anybody else. But the key is getting in, and I think that's where those losses to the Patriots and the Cardinals are going to come back to haunt them. Yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, we're, we're watching the development of a folk hero in Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph. All that he's been through. Pittsburgh fans appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's, his humility now, all that he's been through, you know, being called a racist. I think fans took a dislike to him, whether they want to admit it or not, when he looked weak chasing Miles Garrett without his helmet. You know, he was he's that good-looking kid. He looks like angry young spoiled jock, you know, and chasing for his helmet back. John Travolta. I thought it was brave and tough to do what he did, but I think people look at the pictures and see, portray him as weak. And then when King Ben wouldn't uh, help him or, uh, or rip the pick and really didn't talk to him, King people, people around here like King Ben. So that further buried him. And then the coach didn't seem to like him anymore. Yeah. And all he did was keep working. I mean, you see him doing these little uh, drills with a towel when he's on the sideline by himself. He's trying to get the perfect. He's always working. Yeah. He never bothers anybody. He never complained. Like Deontay Johnson said, he just kept coming to work, talked to everybody like nothing was wrong. He goes, it motivated me. Yeah. And I was playing. <laughs> it motivated me to try to recover fumbles. <laughs> well, like we said last week, every every great story has a beginning. And it started the week prior. And we'll see if this if this uh, continues to be one of the greatest stories ever told. So there's a, a a big game Saturday against Baltimore, and then a lot of things have to fall in place. But if they do, you know, never say never. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. We'll mark you down for being. Uh, what's the word? Um, you're, you're high on the Steelers right now. There's a better word. You're you're leaning. I'm bullish. Hey, my stock market. Bullish. I am bullish that's, on the that's Steelers. The word. That's the word. You're bullish on the Steelers. I'm, bullish. I'm still a little bearish, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's we'll okay. I'll be surprised as we go along. There hey, they got over the eight and a half win total. So, to me, the season's a raging success already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, they're 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 relevant. They're in in the hunt, and the game actually means something. So, what more can you ask for at this point? Jim, that's going to do it. Anything else you want to add here for episode 91? No, no. My books are uh, on sale at jimwexel.com. Pull them all over, biography. Somebody just came up to me in the gym today and said, man, I, I read your book. I said, I only gave it to you a couple weeks ago. He goes, I said, that's 400 plus pages. You must have really liked it. He goes, I had a 10-hour flight. Got it done. <laughs> nice. Because you can get a lot of reading done on a 10-hour flight. So yes, uh, that, that pumped me up. He, people really like it. So, and it's cheap. It's $15, a big hardcover book at jimwexel.com. Right, Thanks so for letting me get that in, Jeremy. I appreciate no it. No problem. So make sure you check that out. That is linked in the show notes and we will see you back here. It's episode 92. Can we get, can we get big James on, on the show next week? Ooh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, that would be. You know, he would come on and glare at me. He would not be friendly. I think I would be afraid to have him on the show. <laughs> well, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it makes you ask better questions, I tell you. <laughs> oh, 
All right. <laughs> With that, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Happy New Year. We will see you back here for episode 92 of the Still City Insider podcast. Have a great week, Jim.